I'm Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 160. I'm starting to sound like a bingo caller. (laughs) And this week, it's Daisy's turn. (laughs) And this week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, this week, I have actually done my preparation. (laughs) Those of you, you might not have realized we threw in our slight curveball last week because someone, namely me, had got her weeks mixed up and uh, thought it was Terry's week when it was my week, so she hadn't done her preparation. So this week I'm back with not part two of two, it's part two of going to be more. (laughs) Because when I went back in to do the second part, there was just so much good information. I do think this is one of those important topics to pause on for a while. But if you remember, this is going back to the having those difficult conversations, be it about politics is is what um, she focuses on, she being uh, Monica Guzman. But any, any kind of difficult conversations and how easy it is to fall into the us and them Um, The first episode, if you remember, was called We're So Divided, We're Blinded. And she talked about her SOS, this sorting, othering, siloing. We were left at the end of that first part with the challenge to step back. This was a challenge from the host, Michael Covenant, to step back and start with the assumption that somebody who has opposing views to you arrived at that point for a good, valid and not evil reason. And as we discussed a bit, that's often much easier said than done. So we're getting into a bit of the nitty gritty with how we go about this. And this is the second of five episodes from the next Big Idea Daily podcast. And as I mentioned, talking to Monica Guzman, whose book is called I Never Thought of It That Way, How to Have Fearlessly Curious Conversations in Dangerously Divided Times. And this second part is entitled We Need to Get Curious About Each Other With Each Other. Curiosity, she says, is our hunger for knowledge, and it's an extraordinary superpower. We're all capable of practicing it. But to use it, we have to overcome two big barriers. And those barriers are fear and certainty. So to jump into the first one, fear. It's hard, she says, to be curious about something you're afraid of. If you feel they are out to get you, how can you and why would you be curious and interested in finding out more about them? The more threatening we find people, and research shows we find people who disagree with us to be very threatening. So the more threatening we find people, the less likely we can approach them with curiosity. And she quoted somebody and she didn't say who it was, but they said, don't waste your fear on anything but danger. 
going back to the very real necessity and the importance of fear, you know, that fear response, it's, we need it if we need to run away from something that's truly dangerous. But don't waste that fear response on anything but danger. There are all sorts of ways fear can manifest and they, and they talked a little bit about this. There's the fear that they wish you ill. Um, they think of you as less than human, maybe. The fear of what the us will think of you if you're seen talking to the them. There's the fear of saying the wrong thing, being misunderstood. Um, so there, there are all sorts of reasons why this is a really big barrier, a barrier to curiosity. And curiosity is the one of the ways through, one of the ways we can navigate through these dangerously divided times. And the other barrier is certainty. If you think you know, you'll never think to ask. When we are aware of a gap in our knowledge, that sparks our hunger to learn. And this goes back to the danger of assuming you know why people think the way they do, believe the things they do that we talked about in the first episodes. And Monica talked about if, uh, if only humans were robots, we would just leave blanks for all the things that we didn't know. But we don't do that as humans. We like to fill in those blanks. And what do we tend to fill them with? We fill them with assumptions. So this, this certainty, if you think you know, if you know the answer, if you know why people think the way they do, what would be the point of asking them about it? But what if having these conversations feels dangerous? And this is what the host Michael brings up. He says, what about, you know, when we're talking about topics like racial injustice and trans rights, for example, where people might feel that engaging in these conversations is way more than uncomfortable. It's downright dangerous. They feel like they're putting themselves in danger to be having conversations with the them to their us. And she says, yeah, absolutely. This is not some kind of universal prescription. I'm not expecting you all to go out and have these difficult conversations right now, especially if it's going to put you in, in danger. Because some of these kind of conversations it's not just a disagreement it's about who you are so if you the person who disagrees with me don't stand for the rights of people like me the rights of who I am then it's a rejection of me as a person and me and my safety and not just my argument and my belief she goes on to give this great example of a guy called Daryl Davis, who is a black blues musician. And he was apparently playing a gig at a bar and he overheard a table of old white guys saying some pretty racist stuff. Now, he could have just left or he could have got mad and left. Perfectly natural reactions and nobody except maybe the table of uh, racist old white guys, would have blamed him for that. But he chose instead to sit down with them and talk to them. And fast forward, she says, and he now has a collection of 200 or so Ku Klux Klan robes 
from Ku Klux Klan members who have given him their robes because they came to realize through these conversations with him that their beliefs were absurd. We can't obviously all be Daryl Davis, but the question he asked was his conversation starter to these people who, you know, potentially, this is a very dangerous situation he's putting himself in. He sits down and the question he asks is, how can you hate me if you don't even know me? And he sat and he listened to them and he got to know them. And as a result, of course, they got to know him. After that, of course, they then had to stack that against their assumptions they'd previously held about black people. And it all started to fall apart. I thought that was a fantastic story. And, you know, how brave, what a brave guy. But obviously that that was a potentially very dangerous situation he was putting himself in. And not everyone feels they can they can do that. So I'm also struck Daisy by and I may not be capturing bigger picture about this, but going back to the three, the SOS, the sorting, the othering, and siloing, what he did helped all of them to stop all three of those things. It's not about mm. the other. I'm not sorting people out and I'm not being in my silo and battling the other silos. But, you know, taking that risk took down barriers on all sides, it sounds like. Yeah, you suddenly taken all those barriers down and you're just a group of guys around a table having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so she goes on, and I'm sort of jumping between two sources here. I found that she'd done, and I have mentioned before, these the, the newsletters and the book bites where the authors come in and they put five of the... Um, the five key points from their book and they write, write an article about it and I think there's also an audio version and then it seems like that the podcast builds out from these kind of little written essays and they pull out she actually reads part of these key points at the beginning of each episode and then they go on to discuss it um, so I'd taken notes from that and then I went and listened to the podcast as well and got some extra things and that example about Daryl Davis came from the podcast so going back to the article she wrote she goes on to list four steps her suggested four steps to curiosity so getting over these barriers of fear and certainty and four steps to curiosity. Number one is to find the gap between what we know and what we want to know. When we're aware that there is a gap in our knowledge, this is what sparks our hunger to learn, our curiosity. Number two, gather knowledge. For example, putting yourself in an unfamiliar place so that you can see those new gaps opening up. So you've got that first one, being aware that there are gaps, you know, being more of a robot, (laughs) not filling them in with assumptions. And then the second one, putting yourself more and more in some unfamiliar places or reading some unfamiliar articles, talking to some, some of them, those other people, putting yourself in these unfamiliar places so that you can see all these gaps starting to open up 
get this curiosity sparking. Number three, embrace complexity. It's easy to feel confused by how many perspectives there are to understand. But if we can reframe confusion as complexity, all we then need to do is ask more questions. So something's complicated, we can get through that by asking questions. Confusing, you want to shut down a bit more. Number four, reject easy answers. When we're stressed, we want closure. We want to manufacture certainty to convince ourselves that everything's going to be okay. But the problem with this is it prevents us from seeing and embracing complexity and asking those all important questions. So if you're stressed, you tend to want to shut that conversation down. It's the easiest and the safest thing to do. Sometimes, of course, it's necessary, but they leave us with this sort of end tip, suggestion. They were talking about these examples like Daryl Davis and some of these these situations that are potentially dangerous, that they exist, obviously, but most people that you disagree with, you probably can talk to. It just takes some courage and curiosity. And just to remember that they didn't choose their opinions any more than you did. Their beliefs came out of their life experiences. So just throwing one of these one of these memes at them isn't going to suddenly change their mind. So again, it's just remembering they, they keep, it seems like they keep reminding us at the end of these episodes just to keep trying to remind yourself that the them that we're talking about, they arrived at their belief, not in the same way that you did. They didn't follow the same path to get there, but you know, they still had a journey just like you did. And there's more, obviously, we're going to move into more, whether it will be an episode each for the remaining parts. I never know until I get there. Sometimes they, you know, as you know, when they they come up with their five key points and they spend half an hour doing the first first two and then they rattle through the last. But, But yes, I do think this is, I think this is something that almost all of us struggle with. And particularly, I think, in the the last few years, there been lots of triggering words and topics that I've certainly handled more and more by um, SOSing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are the kind of things that I need to reflect on a lot and work on. It's interesting to me to think at some level that some of these topics, let's say, for example, political or even social topics that enter into the political arena, I think many of us almost wait for them to be resolved out there. Hmm. Well, they're going to fix this versus recognizing what role can I play in helping this. And I like the way you just use the verb of SOSing and, you know, the idea that I can contribute my part to decreasing the impact of this by not falling into that old trap that most of us have learned to do. I think probably everyone listening can find ways that they've done that and have learned to do that and get supported for doing that. And so really seeing how can I step out of my comfort zone to do these 
interactions, these topics, these conversations differently. And I really like the focus in this episode, Daisy, um, first on the fear. Because in general, our brain doesn't want to do things that triggers fear. Mm. Unless you're like a, um, you know, one of those people who loves ultimate sports or something where you love <laughs> the rush. Yeah, thrive on it. <laughs> but most people don't love the rush of interpersonal challenge, interpersonal angst. And many of these topics, I think, bring that up. And it's a fear. I know I have struggled much of my life with having hard conversations. I can talk about Same. how people should have <laughs> yeah. difficult conversations, but actually having them. There's a lot of fear in me, even around topics that aren't so complex mm. like these. Just sharing how I feel about something or confronting someone on something is really challenging for me. And I definitely think the certainty piece is huge. Because when I feel comfortable addressing something, it's because I'm going in with certainty. You know, assuming I am right, there's no debate here, I don't need to take in any more information. And so I like the idea of kind of seeing where the gaps are and being curious. And then the, the last part, that, the last big piece that you talked about that stood out to me, that last piece around embracing complexity, I think for many of us, myself included, that's kind of challenging. I always want things simplified. Stupid example, but when people came to me many years ago and said, oh my gosh, you need to see the movie Mulholland Drive. It is so amazing. I'm like, great. I went to see it. I did not understand it from the beginning to the end. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand it. I still don't know what it was even about. All I know is there's a road in LA called Mulholland Drive. Like, It's so confusing to me. I don't really love complexity. On that level, I want to understand. I want to know. I want it to be mm. clear. And so this idea that learning to accept that these things are complex versus I just I want to run away from this confusion, which is what I think I have often done. I want to start to clarify the complexity. I want to start understanding pieces of it until I understand the bigger pieces. And I just think that's such a healthy way to reframe that. This is complex. Mm. And it's going to take time and effort to understand more. I can't shut down because it's confusing. I have to face the complexity and embrace it. Be, um, I don't know that I would say excited by it, but recognize the value of the various pieces of this that make it so complex and if I ignore those pieces, I'm going to miss the bigger picture. I'm not going to get the core issues. So I really liked that you highlighted that piece. Yeah, I think it's something I've become more and more aware of. I do think that's a key component. Like you just said, complexity. I think especially around these difficult and controversial topics, what I've come to realize Actually, if you think something is quite simple and clear cut, that should be a warning sign that you've you've messed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that those barriers have been up. Mm -hmm. Most likely the certainty that you've been more human than robot and you've filled all those gaps in with assumptions and um, you're pretty certain. Because if you are certain, 
Yeah, I do think that's that's a bit of a warning sign. And we've gone back and forth with some of these topics and some of the conversations we've had about, you know, things like trans rights, for example. And, and we talk endlessly about them and we come out of it less clear mm-hmm. than we were when we went in. You, you kind of make your mind up about something and then you really start digging into it and you start asking more questions and you appreciate how complex it is. And you, you know, you, you ask the question, so what's, how do we find a solution to this? What's, let's explore this solution, this scenario. And that throws up another load of questions and reveals how even more complicated it is than you thought it was before. So you keep going around. And, and I do, so I do think you should embrace complexity as a good thing. The more complicated something is, the more questions you need to ask, the more questions you ask, the more curious you are, the more likely you're going to be able to find your way through. It's a good thing. It's a frustrating thing. It's really frustrating thing. We do naturally want something to be simple. We want the answers. We want to have the answer so we can put it behind us and move on. You know, we know what the answer is. That's the end of it. We don't have to stress our brains out with it anymore but leaving it open leaving it complicated leaving it as something that you've got to keep revisiting over and over and over again with more questions with more reading with more conversations that is the difficult path but it's the better one I think my mom used to have this saying and I I think it fits here for me she would say you know the more I know about this the less I understand (laughs) and I think this is a great example where it's going to get a little cloudier before it clears up. And that idea of I'm, I'm going to have to know more about this and understand less until I have enough of it that I can start to understand it bigger picture and in a different way. Mm. So this is a great thing for me to keep thinking about. And I hope that our listeners, you know, this to me fits in lots of areas. You know, if you're a parent and you're trying to understand your 14-year-old or 17-year-old, yeah, the more you know about this, the less you understand until you can keep being curious and go into it and go into it and go into it. Mm. So thanks for this topic, Daisy, and I hope that everyone has a great week. Okay, I will be back with more challenging things next time. (laughs) Can you just give us an easy episode, Daisy? (laughs) (laughs) No, not for a while anyway. But I really do like that. Don't waste your fear on anything but danger. Mm-hmm. Until next time, when I will look forward to hearing from you, Terry. <laughs> Have a wonderful week. Take good care, everybody. Bye.